Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Michael Moeller. This episode is a redo because the first conversation did not record due to a cataclysmic app fail, but this conversation was equally as fun. And without further ado... So how are uh, you? I'm good, man. Trying to hang in there. It's been uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been one of those uh, really slow months that you know is coming, but you're never yeah. quite prepared for. And then so yeah, when it man. comes, you're just like cool. So there's nothing like possibly not being able to pay your bills to build a lot yeah. of stress and create a lot of cortisol, right? And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roger so, that, man. <laughs> Oh man. So, but I'm going to barely squeak by, by the end of like, by the skin of my teeth, just like everybody else. So. Hey man, you know, that's what's uh, at the end of the day, what, what takes us to that next level. Every level is another devil. Right. Or something, man. You think you got it figured out? Nope. <laughs> no, but that's adulthood too. Right. So that's what yeah. I've been trying oh. to figure out. Like over the last couple of months, like I look around and I'm like, how did I get here? Right? You're like, I'm always, I'm always in this spot of like, Jesus, I just got by the skin of my teeth the last 30 times. Right. And then you sit back and like, whoa, I actually didn't make it the last 30 times though, you know? <laughs> right. But then you look next month, you get the worry bug and it's like, you know, yeah, which somehow is we hardest, keep doing it. Which is the hardest part about being a business for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And, but it's also one of the great benefits is because you can literally do what you want, how you do it and how you yeah. want to do it. And so the, the, but the biggest problem is, is there's times when you don't have that income coming in and that's kind of what freaks you out. And so, yeah, yeah, just trying to make it. But then like, just even speaking about like adulthood, like I feel like I was a 10 year old, like a year ago, but then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm like 37 and I have a wife and I have a career and I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> and I'm just like, what happened? When did this yeah. start? You know what I mean? Yeah. It all just kind of falls in line and it's like kind of weird thinking about it like like probably even on your end where you're just like i'm gonna go and to school and be a naturopath and then all of a sudden you're like hold on i'm a doctor now like when did that happen and a naturopathic doctor you know like we (laughs) i still get that all the time you're a what what? okay yeah what kind of doctor is that homeopathy i'm like no but okay yeah it's always fun to explain it so you get your elevator speech down after a while so yeah, and I'm still working on that. Like I think we talked about last time in that really amazing conversation that's up in the ether somewhere. So like, like hopefully hey somebody. Hey, man, it's right here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, but everybody else needed to hear it, and that's my problem. Yeah, um, I mean, it is what it is, man. We're all sharpening the tools, so. Totally, dude. So, um, yeah, let's go, let's go through your origin story again because I thought it was really interesting. And so I think 
no matter what path people take, they always take that path because they had something going on and nobody else could figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then, so whether it's like chiropractic or PT or uh, naturopathic medicine or just me like in, the, in the, the massage therapy space where I'm just like, why can't these people fix me? And then yeah. so I go on my own journey and then figure out how to fix myself. And then through that, you figure out how to fix other people, right? So let's start. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know, the hero's journey is that. And then the, there's this quote about shamanism where the ancient medicine man was exactly that. It was exactly someone who got sick and then spent his whole life trying to figure out how to fix it. And then that's where we develop our skills and our, and our gifts to share with other people. So yeah, and mine's, mine's, you know, is special in its own way and similar to other people's. I, uh, I was in uh, undergrad at the time and I was kind of figuring my way through life. I was born and raised in the Midwest in a small town and on a farm. And I was in, uh, I was a history major first in college. I loved history. Uh, as an athlete, played uh, three sports in high school, small town, so I did it all. And uh, really liked history. And the more I got into history, the more political it got. You know, history is written by the victor. Um, it's very Western European centralized. And I mean, I have my own opinions about that. But as I went through that program, it got very politicalized. And it was all about, you know, whites, blacks, all these different things. And I was like, you know what, I don't want to be dealing with this the rest of my life. And I was really um, up on health at the time. I was into bodybuilding and, you know, working out, playing uh, sports all the time. So I came down with interstitial cystitis. And at the time, we can, you know, from the very beginning, I was in my third year of undergraduate. And at this point, I'd switched to a history or a health major. And um, I woke up and I started having discharge from my penis. Like I woke up and I looked in my underwear and I was like, what the heck is this? I was having burning when I would go bathroom and I was kind of like, Oh, this is interesting. So obviously you hit the Google and then you find out, Hey, your penis is falling off or, you know, you have AIDS or whatever it is, you know, hitting up Dr. Google. I'm like, you know, I'm like, Jesus, I gotta go. I gotta go to the doctor to figure out what's going on. So I go into urgent care and uh, I was seeing someone at the time and we were being, you know, we were being pretty safe. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So, you know, you start thinking infidelity, all these other things, but I go into the urgent care and I say, Hey, these are my symptoms. And they're like, yeah, you have an STD. And I'm like, we didn't even test anything. Can you be sure? They're like, no, you have the symptoms. We're going to treat you anyways. So they give me a big shot. Give me three days worth of antibiotics. The symptoms go away the next day, but then three days later, those symptoms come back. And so I'm like, what the, you know, what the heck's going on? And in that time I was in limbo, like trying to figure out if I told my partner about it, like, do I, do I ask her if she's been with someone else? And does that make me feel like I've been with someone else? You know, she thinks that about me. And I was just like in this limbo, but (laughs) catch, you know, double-edged sword, my symptoms came back. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I don't have this. So I, uh, I call them up and I say, hey, my symptoms came back, the urgent care. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, all your tests came back negative. And I was like, well, were you guys going to tell me this? Or was I just going to walk around thinking I had an STD, tell my partner this? And like, well, we knew if this treatment didn't work, you would come back. And I'm like, that's kind of messed up, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, and so I, uh, I was like, well, what's going on? They're like, well, you, you have some type of urinary tract infection, and which is I originally told them what I thought I had. Um, they gave me more antibiotics. And that time was for like a week. It went away for the week, and then it came back again. So I came back in. They're like, we don't know what's going on. They had to refer me to a urologist at this point. 
So that took me like a month to get in. So they threw me on antibiotics till I got into the urologist. Once I get into the urologist, they told me I had acute prostatitis, more antibiotics, uh, went away, came back. And then they told me I had chronic prostatitis, more antibiotics, went away, came back. And they're like, look, we don't know. So at that point, you know, it was like six to eight months of antibiotics. I was burning all the time when I had to pee. I had to pee all the time. And it was just like, you know, like at work, like I had to go to the bathroom every like 30 minutes. And my boss was like, is there something going on? I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing a doctor for it, which is just, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. And um, I had a cystoscopy where, where they take a camera and they look up into your penis. So that was really an interesting experience. And uh, as I woke up, the medical doctor came up to me. He's like, uh, son, you have an improper lining of your bladder. Here's more antibiotics. And this is like when I woke up, like I was alone and he's ex explaining to me things like I was still on drugs. And that's when I was like, man, these people are crazy. Like I have to figure this out myself or I'm going to be dealing with these symptoms for the rest of my life. And I mean, it's my penis too. So it's like my sexual reproduction, all this stuff. It's like, can't really hit more of the manhood, you know? Yeah. So, so at that point I just, I, I actually hit Dr. Google up and I'm like, it causes these symptoms. And then I just looked up all these bladder irritants. Um, at the time I was in college doing basic undergrad stuff, staying up late, drinking, not doing my homework, playing video games, eating pizza like 10 times a day, you know? And, uh, so I stopped doing all those things, hit the sauna, drink a little bit more water and it went away. I was like, hmm. you know, maybe it was the seventh round of antibiotics, maybe, or maybe it was that like, I went after the root cause, which there was things that are irritating my bladder. Um, funny thing, if people out there have interstitial cystitis, I've seen that go away instantly using uh, curcumin IVs. Like people that have had that for years, women often have it. It's actually pretty rare, men. But if you look up interstitial cystitis, it's incurable. You Google it, and like I, I won't say that I cured it, but like for some reason, I got whatever, whatever was the root cause of causing my body to be irritated. I took out, you know, and that's partly why I don't like the cure word. But yeah. Anyways, after that, you know, I'm like. I'm like, well, if this happens to me again, I need to figure out how to heal myself. I really like the body. I was in health ed at the time. And then I kind of came into the road, the health, you know, being a health teacher, we have to push the food guide pyramid, which is like all wheats and grains. So, you know, I looked into, you know, I looked into all that, like big farm controls, you know, the FDA, FDA is controlled by Monsanto and seed companies and all that. And I was like, okay, I'm out of that. And then I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't want to be an MD or even a DO at that point because I'd seen enough of those. And I heard about an ND and I literally went out on a limb and just, I didn't even, I just listened to some NDs on some podcasts and I went to ND school. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I went to ND school in San Diego and I've been out for a year and a half now. And now I specialize in, uh, you know, men's health and optimal aging, I'd say. Yeah. That's a, so that's so interesting and this is obviously the second time i've heard this story but it just seems like that's pretty standard practice for the the traditional medical system right now that you just go in oh yeah these are my symptoms cool so we'll just treat those it didn't work oh well i guess try this and then so you know even well that's all they can do right because they you know like on your end like if i have knee pain like you can do hundreds of things you go to a doctor yeah. what do they do they can give you a cortisone shot or some ibuprofen right Right. I'd, or tell you, you to ever, stop running. You ever, yeah. Don't work out. I had, I had a knee problem and a doctor said, Hey, stop working out. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Let's have you heard of the, yeah, it's the wrong thing. You ever heard of the Flexner report? No. Okay. So this is, this is conspiracy time back in, this was in the 1800s, uh, Rockefeller and Carnegie hired this guy named Abraham Flexner. And basically he went around the United States seeing 
which practitioners at the time were giving out pharmaceutical drugs. And Abraham Flexner came back and said, hey, guys, you know, naturopaths, chiropractors, uh, homeopaths, acupuncturists, they're not giving out drugs. So that's when they're like, hmm. So Rockefeller and Carnegie designed the American Medical Association, and they made it so where you, in order for you to practice medicine, you had to have a license. And they only allowed medical doctors to have license. And then in order for them to, you know, create this legislation, they told these schools, like, we'll make you licensed. We'll make you king of medicine. But then we get to design your curriculum, and then you have to basically push our pills. And that's, like, how the pharmaceutical industry became, like, it. And then since then, you know, like, a lot of, like, NDs were licensed in 20 states. Acupunctures are licensed all the way across, and, and so are chiros now. But there's, you know, there's a big, like, there's big money being pushed around. <sighs> and, at, you know, and at the end of the day, though, these MDs and DOs, like, and there's a time and place for all of them. I love you guys. There's a lot of good ones out there. But, you know, they're just, all they're taught is like, oh, you have this condition, here's a pill. Right. Like they're not taught, like, you and I, like, sit down with the person for a half an hour and, like, I, I, I heard about this person that started having um, terrible, uh, like, depression, high-functioning CEO. And it started as soon as he got on a statin, but it took, five, like, five years for him to see in, like, functional medicine doctor to realize it was a statin that, like, was depleting his, like, you know, brain function. So it's just, right. like, it's little things. Yeah, and so the the same day that um, that I recorded that or tried to record that first podcast with you, I also uh, had an interview with my friend that uh, we met together in that weekend in San Diego. His name's Joe Reed. He had dinner with us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Joe. Yeah, our mustache. And so, yeah, yeah. Like diving into that guy's story, like he was started experiencing just pain all the time no matter what he did or what drugs he took or whatever. And then it got so bad to where he could barely function, barely walk upstairs. He had to quit his job and he had to, um, you know, uh, file for disability. And mm -hmm. just because he was in so much pain all the time and, and he just figured that this was just going to be his life forever. And so he finally was just like, screw this, I'm going to start walking. I walked like half a mile and it sucked. And he was like, well, but I do feel a little better. And then he started doing kettlebell training. And then he's like, well, I do feel a little better. So my pain's gone from like a 10 all the time to like a seven. And then he found a functional medicine doctor. Hey. Like, hey, you have Epstein-Barr virus and it's running rampant right now. So we're going to handle that. And then so he started handling that. And now he's pain-free all the time. And is like, became a trainer just so he could help people. But I mean, just like, so this is like where, you know, we have to like start from the outliers like ourselves and work our way in and start to show people that you can heal yourself. Like the body is, it's weird and crazy and amazing. And like, if that's what like, it's supposed to do. Right, right. Right. And so like, if you, look at us like really look at us we are the craziest thing ever like we like within you know six months we're like a completely different human because our cells have like died off and then rebuilt and then you know like we heal broken bones and we can do all this amazing shit and like i've you know gone down the the epigenetics rabbit hole with like dr joe dispenza and all those guys mm -hmm. where these people like if you get within like out of your brain and out of your body and into your energy field, you can have like spontaneous remissions and like from cancer or whatever. And it's like the more I learn, the crazier this stuff is and the more it just makes sense to just kind of pay attention to yourself more often. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I think it's, I have, I have the, I have the most difficult time with this, this paying attention to myself. Um, because so for instance, like I'm running and say I'm running on mile two and my ankle starts hurting. Do I David Goggins and be like, Roger that ankle hurts, keep going. It's going to get better. Or do you say, Hey, I need to rest because right. I'm with you. Your mind is literally going to tell your body what to do. Oh, I'm having pain. I need to rest to heal it. Or it's like, okay, this is just good pain that I need to push through. You right. know, I have the hardest time with that in, in life in general, trying to figure out, you know, when is it the right time to change my mindset about the situation? And when is it I'm listening to my body? Does that right. make sense? Yes, because then there's obvious ends of the spectrum. Because mm-hmm. then there's the David Goggins guy, and you're just like, okay, what the fuck, man? Like, what? Dude. Really? So, like, normal yeah. people. But he does it too. Right. But normal yeah. people, if you have fractured feet, probably yeah. don't run on them. But if yeah. you are running and you're like, hmm, my knee feels a little weird, and it's starting to kind yeah. of hurt a little bit. Well, like that pain is a warning signal, right? So then you need to start like, I agree. focusing on what your stride is doing because if your stride's all screwed up mm-hmm. and you're not lifting your knees high enough, then your knee swings out or in and that could cause knee pain because your knee is a hinge joint. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, that is a very interesting question. But then, then like, because oh, I, I just finished that David Goggins audio book and I want to start yeah. it over kind of. You know what I mean? I'm like, I could yeah. listen to this fucking guy forever he's crazy dude oh my god but like a lot of that so i think that we need extreme people like him to kind of knock people out of whatever shitty mindset they're in right now because i hear yeah a lot of that especially in the the crossfit space like when i'm coaching so like when i walk in there and i'm like hey how are you and they're like well i'm just looking at the workout and the workout really sucks and it's going to be so painful. And I'm like, does it suck? Do you really hate it? Because if you did, you wouldn't be here. You know what yeah. I mean? So like they're yeah. you're getting some, you're getting more benefit out of it than what you're saying. Because if you were getting as much out of it as what you're talking about, then you wouldn't commit or people like fail before they exactly. Even and you know, so they're like, well, that deadlift's heavy. I'm like, how do you know? Well, because I put weight on it. <laughs> Okay, so but I, I like that. <laughs> but I didn't watch you fail. How do you know, you know what I mean. So like, yeah, I think you can do it. So I want you to prove me wrong, because I I know I, I like, I'm I'm really I'm gonna steal that. Do it, dude. Like, hey, that water looks cold. Well, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guessing. Well, because, do it. Yeah, jump in there and see how it feels. Because, I mean, is it really that bad? Cause you know, like people can make things so much worse than they actually are just within their head. So like, you know, as an example for me, like over the last couple months, like I'm an intelligent and creative person and Mm -hmm. I can make up some shit and I made up shit (laughs) about problems with people that didn't even exist. And I'm just like, and then I get so fired up and so like depressed and so, and then I'm like, then I go up and ask that person and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Oh, okay. I just made it. I'm full of shit. And so like, if you can create these problems in your head and if you can, you know, fail before you even start and, and you're just manufacturing fear, then all kinds of shit can happen. So like what you were talking about with like your origin story, like you can sit there and make shit up. Be like, I'm probably just the 
bottom half of my body's probably going to rot off, I yep, think. Yep. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then you go God. to doctors and they shrug their shoulders and be like, here, take this. And you're like, shit, like, what do you mean? What does that mean? What are you shrugging your shoulders for? You're yeah. supposed to know yeah. what's happening, you know? And so, mm-hmm. like, I think that's why, you know, I love what I do because I am constantly asking people smarter than me these questions and constantly going to these courses and learning all this stuff to help the people that I couldn't help before. So like I'm obsessed with helping those people. Mm. Those, if I can't make them feel better, then that's in the back of my head and it drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think you hit on something really hard there where you're talking about people before they do something, they'll already fail with their mindset, Yeah. which means if that's possible, then the opposite's possible. We can right. succeed with just using our mindset. I, on my, on my plane ride home, the flight left San Diego at six fifty and i'm on southwest i got i'm a 37 i'm like man i'm getting a good seat so yeah. i'm sitting in the aisle and then i'm you know i'm about i'm 6'1 180 i'm not a small guy and i would say a guy about 6'2 210 comes in and sits in the window and then a guy coming down the aisle about 6'3 250 decides to sit in between us and you know again my mindset I'm like damn it dude like we got three grown-ass men in these <laughs> seats like go somewhere else. and then so you know your mind starts turning on you right and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, it's cold on here. You know, all of a sudden, like, why is it it's cold? I want to get my coat. Well, I can't get my coat yet because I got to wait for the dang. We got to be up in the air. And then the, the dude next to me starts snoring, and then he opens his mouth and starts leaning on me. And so I'm like, again, and then I catch myself. I'm like, okay, this isn't the most comfortable ride. But I'm like, dude, you get to fly home. Like, I'm home. I, get, I make it from San Diego to St. Louis in three and a half hours. Anyways, when I got off the plane, someone asked me, how was your flight? And I could have been like, well, it was cold. I had three grown ass men. This dude was snoring on me. And I thought about it. And then when I replied to them, I was like, it was kind of funny when I thought about it. Like right. if I was from the outside looking in, like I was just kind of sitting there in my, in my, in my poopy pants, you know, just kind <laughs> yeah. of being mad about things. And then I'm like, from the outside looking in, it was probably pretty funny. And so when I yeah. told one of my friends, I'm like, you know, it was actually pretty funny. This dude was snoring on me and they got a good laugh out of it. Yeah. And I actually thought the same thing. I watched, uh, I watched Deadpool. You've yeah. seen Deadpool? Yep. The movie with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Like Same thing, times. his attitude. Remember when he's getting tortured? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's getting tortured the whole time, and he's just having fun with it. Like, it's yeah. crazy. And that's kind of the David David Goggins. Like, this is torture, and I'm a badass, and take it. But there's right. the also, like, this situation sucks, but I can overcome it. Yeah. So, But then there's actually times where things suck, and you have to change. So that's where I get kind of caught up, you know? Right. And so, you know, I But it's this- interesting, you know, the power of our mind. Right. And I was doing the same thing, like literally the same thing. I saw like one of my best friends, he's a, he was a guy on my fight team and that's how you get really close is by punch each other in the face. And so yeah, right. I see him randomly at the coffee shop. And he's like, how's it going? I'm like, well, it's kind of shitty. And then I start, <laughs> like explaining my whole life to him and he starts laughing and I'm like, yeah, I guess it is just like the most ridiculous like story ever. Like it's just that point in everybody's life. They have it like once a year where shit just doesn't work no matter what you're doing. And you're just like, you just got to be like, whatever, and just laugh at it. Like, this can't be real. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. And so you just like literally do the Mm -hmm. best you can. And that's just how it works. Um, Yeah. yeah. But then like, I'm really trying to try it when that, those yeah. So when, but then you look at like the David Goggins, you don't probably need to be like that guy. Mm, Yeah. Everyone's yeah. different, man. I, and on me, what I've been really trying to, I've been trying to shift into the place of gratitude. Like when I wake up, what are the things that I'm grateful for? 
and just again you know like if you listen to dispenza and you listen to these people like your attitude directly creates your reality and there are times when someone's kicking you in the nuts and you're supposed to be pissed off because it's time to fight back and then there's times people are just like tickling you on your knee where it's like you know what whatever it's not that big a deal so trying to figure out the balance between that and and then you know there's actual times in your life when you need to make changes like especially from a health perspective like one thing that I get again, real blurry on is when a lot of people are like, Oh, that's just in your head. Like people get hypochondriac. Like you don't know that you wake up and you have a, a, a pain on your side. It's like, okay, is this just a little tight from my deadlifts or do I think you're out of cancer? You know, <laughs> one situation is going to be fine. One situation you can be dead in six months. Right. And it's trying to figure out the proper, proper way to look at that and, and take the steps and then not worry yourself. Right. You know, that's the end of the day, man. worrying you suffer twice because then you just create stuff like i was just saying like stuff that doesn't even make sense you know what i mean and so but then once you confront it and realize that it's really not that big a deal then you're off to the races and so i think mindset is incredibly important and like i've and one of my favorite david goggins quotes since we're just stuck on that guy is that there is no finish line and i think we talked about that (laughs) last time like, so mm-hmm. when people are like, well, how do I get confident? Well, you got to practice confidence indefinitely. Like, how do yeah. I eat healthy? For real. Well, you yeah. got to practice and you got to eat healthy as often as possible indefinitely. Like, how do you have a positive mindset? You practice. And it doesn't mean you're going to be super awesome at it all, all the time. Like, sometimes you're going to get crushed and you're going to be like, oh, this is true. And so what, what has been helping me with is like, well, I'm going to be in my poopy pants all day. And then tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to change out of them. And then I'm going yeah. to change my attitude. And I'm going to get this party going again. Because, you know, you can get stuck in these habits of focusing on the negative. Yeah, and, it's so easy. Really, yeah. it is. And then you need to, but, but if you start every day, like you said, with a habit of focusing on the positive things right out of the get, like as soon as you wake up in the morning, then you're good to go. Which probably means don't sit there on your phone oh, like, man. looking at the news and looking at what everybody else is doing. You should probably meditate on gratitude and yeah. meditate on what you want to accomplish for the day and meditate on whose life you want to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, sometimes it's just as easy as you being nice to the person that's selling you coffee that day because they're only yeah, 100%. assholes for the most part. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's such a big part of healing. Like I think one, the the main part we're missing about medicine right now is just listening to people. Like, because a lot of people, it's like, why is that person running weird with their knee? Right. Actually they're pissed off at work and they sit weird in a chair and they're doing it because they're like cringing. You know, like people, they talk about that. People hold different things in their body. Like right. why do you have indigestions? Because you can't, you can't digest your current situation. So you're in the sympathetic tone all day and therefore you don't digest your food. And then all these things, it's like, you got to peel back these layers and figure out, you know, at the deep depths of your mind, like what's going on in there, you know, cause disease is just a symptom. And I think, you know, physical stuff happens, you know, you, you, you put too much weight on the bar, you had a little too much coffee and then you tweak your back. Okay. But then on the opposite end, it's like, have you been sitting at like this at work because you're depressed, you know, like, you don't like your job or where, you know, where else are these, like these triggers coming in at? So, but we're getting, I think we're in the medicine, we're getting better at that. But the old school right. paradigm, just here's a pill for your back pain. It's like, that doesn't fix anything. Well, so I think that like with social media right now, you have more of a voice than ever. Oh, yeah. And so you can really influence a lot of people 
just by posting stuff that you're going through every day, which is what I tend to do on my Instagram page. So like I see a quote that hits me for the day and that makes me feel better. And I guarantee yeah. that there's other people that are going through the same shit that need to hear the same thing. And so that's why I post it and I get a lot of thank you. Yeah. And that's like, you know, so, but then just bringing awareness, like explaining to people that pain isn't the only symptom of chronic inflammation. You know, there's all kinds mm -hmm. of other symptoms. Yeah. You know, so um, it it's really important, I think, to start getting our message out there, and that's how I think that we're going to make a difference. Is is because we're going up such a up against such a huge, like insurmountable kind of corporation. You know what yeah. I mean? And I mean, don't get me wrong; like it's there for a reason. Like anything, right. like your ankle gets sprained because of something you're doing in your body, right. and the way our medical system is designed and the way it works, like it served a great purpose and still serves a good purpose. But, you know, I mean, I, I think we've all had a loved one that's been, you know, in the hospital for weeks upon weeks upon weeks running up a bill and, you know, like knee surgery, like someone has a knee problem. Well, Hey, let's do knee surgery because that's going to, that's a $40,000 procedure instead of sending them to, to, to a PT because we need that $40,000 because there's, a, there's an MD, two nurses, front desk, high rent, like they got to pay the bills and we've created this big monster. So, right. you know, unraveling, it's going to be, it's going to be tough, you know, mm -hmm. and I think it really comes down to working with people on the individual level and, and individualizing everyone's care. So, but right now it's just, that's not economically and time-wise feasible. Right. So, you know, we have people like you and me that are, are on the fringes out there starting to do that. So, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in, a, in a good form of capitalism that can kind of allow that to grow. You know, right. obviously there's crony parts of it that people come in and corrupt it. But, you know, hopefully if we have people like you and me out there trying to do our best to, to, you know, remain in a place of integrity with medicine, you know, there's a chance. So, right. And then the biggest one that drives me crazy right now is back pain. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just fuse the disc or we'll just yeah. refuse the vertebrae. I mean, and then we'll just, yeah, let's just lock the whole thing up. <laughs> I get because, that all the time. And but, it's just like but, people with back pain. Right. And so like the worst thing you could do to a joint is fuse it so that the joint below so. and the joint above have to work even harder. Oh yeah. And, and they're, yeah, they're going to, you're going to need it. That's why I tell people, okay, you want to fuse that one? Cool. You're fusing the next couple in the next couple of years until your whole spine is just going to be a freaking rod, you know? Right. But then it's, it's in your spine is joints for a reason. And so that's right. a, a big part in the, the training space is like having a rigid spine. Right. So, mm -hmm. That's, and that's been preached in CrossFit for a long, long time. And it's very accurate because you're doing stuff under load, but also for time. So you're doing as fast as you can. And so that's when form starts to fall apart and that's when people get injured. Mm -hmm. But then you should also have a rigid spine if you're lifting maximal loads. Mm -hmm. But that being said, you also need to be able to move minimal loads with a curved spine in multiple yeah, directions. That's life. Right, because that's how you pick shit up. And so if you're like, nobody's going to go and pick up their two or three-year-old with perfect deadlift <laughs> yeah. form. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Spine, you know, abs engaged, glutes tight. All right, ready, come yeah. here, baby. Pick up. Hinge yeah. at the hips, babe. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So trying to, trying to unpack all that and, and realize that there's, the truth is in the middle of all of this stuff. And so mm -hmm. I had a client come in who had chronic low back pain, doctors couldn't figure it out, so then they just did an ablation. Where they, 
burn the nerves off. But yeah. then the nervous system finds a way to feel pain. And yeah. so, you know, that's like essentially what phantom limb pain is, right? So then mm -hmm. the nerves find a way to feel that low back pain and this fires back up. And so they said what her next option is, is to um, get a stem machine surgically installed in her back. A stem so, machine in her back? Yeah, so that it's constantly sending electrical interference to the nerves in the low back, essentially confusing the nervous system. Mm -hmm. But then, like I said, the nervous system adapts and starts to feel pain again. So once a year, she would have to go up and get the volume turned up on that stim machine. Wow. In order, and to the point where it's maxed out, and then they just burn the nerves again. She's explaining this to me, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, let's figure the back pain out first. Let's figure yeah. it out. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Just cut out the pain. Just go in there. Like, shoot the messenger. You know, <laughs> right. like, well, where did the, why is the messenger coming? Right. Is that really what, really when you, how you want to practice medicine? So. Right. And there are people, like, that's been my thing is I, I work with, um, uh, in Irvine, I work with uh, American Med Medical Center. And it's not a real, it's, it's a more conventional. I mean, we do testosterone replacement therapy, but the setup is a little more conventional, like an office and the intakes aren't as long. So guys come in, like, just fix my testosterone. You know, they don't want to talk about lifestyle. Some do. Um, but the vast majority of them, like, hey, give them the testosterone shots and be on their way. Or, you know, it's good, though. I'll, I'll bring up these conversations. And I do have guys like, you know, Doc, I want to try and do this naturally for like three months. Can you give me some tips? I'm like, yeah, this herb, you know, ashwagandha. Make sure you're getting enough zinc, selenium, you know, hit exercise, sleep well, uh, make sure you're getting enough calories. And, you know, that can really help the testosterone out. Um, but this system's already kind of there. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of like you have to kind of, you kind of have to mutate it a little bit. So. Yeah, the, the instant gratification Amazon Prime type system is oh, there. I'm the same way. I'm yeah. like, man, I want that tomorrow. Oh, right. two-day shipping? I'll pay an extra $3. Right. And like, then what? I don't, and then it gets there two weeks later, and I'm like freaking out yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that it's weird. And that's <laughs> – It's been – Yeah, I think that's going to be the – Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest – Yeah, the biggest problem in our mind moving forward as a society is that no patience. You know, yeah. just like wanting it now. And then same thing with healing, you know, yeah. people have back pain for three years and they want you to fix it in one time. Yeah. Right. Like, Hey, well, I'm like 30% better, but I'm not hundred percent better. What's going on. Right. And so if it's a, and so I have to explain that to people, if it's a neurological dysfunction that you've created from, you know, overworking your body in some way, shape or form, then I can fix that. And the pain would go away fairly quickly. But if it's a true soft tissue issue, the equation issue issue right <laughs> the equation for that is the change in tissues equals force over time which means like i have to apply force over oh, yeah. time in order to correct the tissues that you damaged right mm -hmm. so building strength is the same way so like mm -hmm. it took me 8 years to build up to a 500 pound deadlift because change mm -hmm. in tissue because it equals force over time so i did mm -hmm. multiple deadlift cycles over the course of the years in order to gain that strength, right? So then mm -hmm. a shop, uh, soft tissue injury is the same exact way. But people just, if I don't fix them right away, then they go see somebody else. And then, yep. or they just sit there and complain about it the whole time. I'm like, you gotta make multiple appointments. My <laughs> God. And so it's just like such a big, and so I think we touched on this last time too. It's such a big thing, like trying to sell people on that. Because yep. um, like, I'm so black or white right now, which is like a big weakness for me where people come up and like, you didn't fix me. I'm like, well, you need to come in multiple times. 
Well, I can't yeah. afford it. Well, then you're not in enough pain. So I'll yeah. see you when you are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, yep. or massage envy is cheaper. I get that a lot. I'm like, cool, go ahead and do figure out whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know, so it's a, uh, so I need to start. That's a goal for 2019 is to start working on selling myself better because there you go. I'm with you, brother. Yeah. There's a lot where I've had it. Like the biggest problem over the last couple of years is that problem where I'm just like, well, go be shitty human then, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm with you. I really, you know, that's why I, I don't know if you knew I had a podcast, it got deleted. That's from YouTube for yeah. censorship. Um, but I want to get definitely, that's why I want to reach people again that are like hungry for people like you and I, right. it's hard to pump them up, pump them up. Well, it's been three visits and I'm like, my gut's not healed yet. I'm like, okay, it might take a couple months. Like, you know, this is something you've been doing for years. And, um, I think there is going to start becoming a place of positive feedback in our end. And, and what, what do you think about insurance? Do you take insurance? I don't. And that, that's just, because do you want to, I don't. Um, and I had a, client of mine who moved away who um, dealt with like her whole entire company was built around dealing with um, insurance that deals with autism mm -hmm. and so like families would have like an autistic child and then they would contact her and her sole job was to just deal with these insurance companies for that family wow. and so I talked to her about uh, taking insurance for um, massage therapy and she said it's just way too much work like yeah way too much and the work that you put in would far outweigh the benefits that you get out of yeah, it. yeah you're spending hours of your time on that like I I can run some basic labs work for cash you know 50 to 100 dollars and people can get it for free with their insurance and I'm like it's gonna take me an hour to call the insurance company like do all that stuff I'm like my time is worth more than that 50 dollars you saved Right. You know, do you just want to pay payment? Like maybe that's what it'll take. Like pay me an extra $150 and then you'll save $50 through your insurance. Right. But the whole system is just kind of set up that way and it's a well, mess. And it's just so, it's so like the, you want to talk about the biggest sham in the world. Insurance is it, man. Like, yeah. just, you know, the, the whole meeting the deductible thing and then you have a high deductible so that you can actually yeah. insurance. And then, so you actually need it. Like I had a client who went in for ankle surgery and it cost him 1600 bucks and his deductible was $2,000. So he didn't meet it. So it all came out of pocket. So then yeah. I'm like, so what are you paying for? Yeah. Like what is, what's happening? So then yeah. if you meet, if you have a series of unfortunate circumstances and you meet that deductible and the insurance starts paying for a lot of stuff, they think that you're a liability and then they dump you. Right. And so it's yeah. just like, what are we doing? And so, yep. you know, I've talked to a lot of PTs and a lot of chiros that are starting to go to cash-based practice because then they can start practicing the way that they want. Exactly. And, and which 100%. is the way that people need. And then ultimately that makes people better faster. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, we like going on the societal thing, like there's, they're, they're really impatient. They want immediate spectacular results and they want it cheap which is just not oh, yeah. that it works. You know oh, I mean? it gets me so frustrated when people are like, oh, I don't want to spend that much money. And I'm like, dude, you spend how many hundreds of dollars? You spend like $200 to go to the bar on a Friday night. Right. Like, just don't go to the bar for like a month and then you can, you can afford to see me three times. Like, come right. on. Like, and so that's the, well, that's the argument that I use for people with CrossFit is they're like, well, yeah. CrossFit's too expensive. I'm like, well, then you don't have that in your priorities. Yeah. You can make it happen. 
You know what yeah. I mean? So like, but then, you know, going back to the conversation I had with Joe, like he was talking about how his health has become his number one priority over anything. Oh, I'm right with you. Because, yeah. because this is your one and only meat vessel that you have. And like, you need to keep, take care of it or else you die young or you just live shitty. You know yeah. I mean? This thing's, this thing's an expensive, an expensive, uh, expensive tool. And it, it is, it's, it costs a lot to repair. And I'm the same way. I spent a lot of money on food, Right. probably more, you know, like up there to close to my rent, literally. Yeah. And people are like, well, why you spend, I'm like, Be- because number one, I look, I feel better. I move better. I sleep like all those things make all the difference. So I can go out and perform better. Right. And to me, I'm all about optimizing myself so I can perform at the best. And, you know, just being a friend, being a doctor, being all these, these different things. Right. Live my life to the fullest. You know? Right. And so that's what, that's a word that I'm going to start implementing a lot in uh, 2019 is performance. So like, what is performance? performance. You know what I mean? Like, so people look at performance only as, uh, as from an athletic standpoint. Right. But like, yep. um, that's not even necessarily true. So like if you're eating like shit, then you feel like shit and then you, you're performing like shit. And that's whether it's in your job or whether it's in your relationship or whether it's driving or whether it's cognitively, you know, so like we are in a profession where we have to constantly be researching stuff because there's people that are smarter than us figuring this stuff out. And oh, yeah. they're figuring out stuff all the time. So we have to constantly be reading, you know, so it's uh, it gets to this point where there's just so much information coming in. And if you eat bad food that leads to inflammation and you have a high stress drop that leads to excessive cortisol, then that cortisol starts to be catabolic and starts to break down proteins. And then that stuff goes into your gut lining and then that stuff goes into your, into your blood brain barrier. And then you start mm-hmm. to have chronic inflammation and then you start to feel like shit and then you start to think like shit. And then you start to have migraine headaches and you can't function properly if you don't have a migraine headache. So you're not performing. Right. You know I, mean? I don't know how some people do it. I, I'm, I'm at the point now that like I, yesterday I had a piece of bread for the first time in months. Like I'm pretty much gluten dairy free. Yeah. Um, just from an, I, and I do dairy. I just won't usually do milk. I'll do cheeses and stuff. It's, it's really kind of more of an intuitive. Like I don't do bread. I've yeah. done, I haven't done, I don't do a whole lot of grains. And um, I met my buddy after I got into St. Louis and we went and had food. And there was a piece of bread and I felt like having a bite. And this is the part where I don't know what's in my mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it was the bite, of, but as I, we were talking, I can remember, and maybe I was just full from the meal. Like, but I, had, I was like eight out of 10 energy that day. I woke up at four 30, rode the flight, you know, I had no problems. And as we were eating, I was just like, man, I can, I, it was literally, I could feel my body like power down like yeah. 80%. It's like 60%. Yeah. I'm like, I had to think a little bit harder and it's just like, I, I was like, man, no more bread. Like, no, right. like this is what this does. Well, and that's so, the, like, I'm a sugar bread addict. Like you wouldn't even believe man. And it's yep. like, and so I can avoid it if it's not around me. Yep. But then also once I get back on that train, I'm on it, man. And yep. I'm just like eating donuts, whatever, just like, mm-hmm. and so, you know, like I said, my, uh, in the last interview, my, my birthday was at the end of November and I've been going hard in the paint on bad food yeah. since then. And <laughs> both me and my wife are like, we need to stop this. Because yeah. like we before that, we were 60 days like clean. Good job. Know? Just like Yeah, but room. that's still like, you know, yeah. right now it's like you're even you went 60 days, the last 30 haven't been that that great. But that's still 60 for 30. It's better right. than zero for 90. Or right. 60 for 90, better than zero for 90. Right, right. So, so little my, things. 
Right. And so focusing on the positives, right? Like you just said. Mm -hmm. So because you're, you know, like the last couple of months I've been in the shit, just like you said, like we're just focusing on the negative stuff. Why is like getting into that victim mindset? Why is this so easy? Why? Yeah. So easy. And happens to all of us. Right. I wanted to ask you, you you said a couple of different things about your goals for 2000. Is there anything, you know, you're really going to kind of hit hard on or Uh, I was about this on my plane ride. You're like my, with my mindset. So goals for 2019. So yeah. uh, Trying to figure out what I do is Mm -hmm. really important because I've, I've through all the education that I've gotten, I have a really unique um, practice that I've kind of created for myself. And so I'm not, I'm not a massage therapist by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm not, really a performance coach either. I'm like all of these different things. So, but then that goes back to like the optimization, like what does that mean? Right. So like, what does performance mean? And so trying to kind of unpack all that and then really uh, focusing on integrating everything that I've learned over the last couple of years, because I've just been on this education rampage, just trying to figure it out and fill all those holes. And now all those holes are filled. And so my goal is to really dial in my practice and really get it to where I have my current vision of it being. And so I'm taking a lot of steps right now to that and kind of setting it up. Um, I really want to be dialed in on my diet because I've been really bad over that the last couple of years, just because um, like we discussed before, like I've, it's all been focused around competition. Have you been getting better and better though? Yes. Are you so, better than where you were five years ago? Yes. Well, no, not five years ago. So five years ago is when I was competing a lot. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean? So then I was the more often that I competed, the the less bad stuff I would eat because I was always prepared. Mm. Right. And so that's also the best shape I've ever been in was like five years ago because I was training CrossFit two to four hours a day. You know what I mean? Mm. So like just that's really intense. crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing that I wanted to discuss again, because that's what I want, uh, what I wanted people to hear is like training age versus age, right? But um, we'll go back to the the goals. So I think um, just really kind of focusing on myself and making, like leading from the front and Mm -hmm. being a better version of myself. So when people like, what diet should I have? I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I figured out that works best for me. And so Mm -hmm. this is the path that you need to take in order to figure out your own diet, because there's no specific diet for each person. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, kind of dialing in um, my athleticism a little bit because I've been really strength and uh, strength biased. And so I want, Mm -hmm. I need to get the conditioning up a little bit better. Um, So balancing that out a lot more, um, you know, just focusing on my relationships, like with my wife and, and my family and people that I associate with and just kind of really kind of dialing in and living by the ideals that I'm preaching. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Those are great. And so, you know, but then the accountability mirror, man, that's a thing. And I think that, (laughs) I think that that's an optimal way to go. Just sitting there and being like, look, having that conversation with yourself, this is what you're doing. And this is why you don't feel your best. And Mm -hmm. these are the habits that you're falling into. And these are the people that are creating 
or that are that are tempting you into those habits so you should probably eliminate those people and then mm-hmm. you know, like kind of going down that path and just really uh uh taking accountability for myself and my actions yeah i had my buddies i got home last night and some of my old friends asked me to come up to the bar last night it was about 10 30 like, man, I really like to, but if I go up there, you know, I'm having a few drinks. I'm probably not getting to sleep till midnight, one o'clock. I just flew in. And so it is, it's hard to push away temptations like that. You know, and I wanted to see my friends too. Right. Um, but, you know, trying to figure out, you know, the Jordan Peterson, what's good for me, my immediate family and the people around me. And like, we both know if I don't sleep well, you know, like today, this podcast, I'm probably not going to be feeling that great to talk to you if, you know, I stay up late last night. Right. It's like, what are, what are those, the areas that I can optimize and increase the, the positivity in the world? So, right. Trying and, to, yeah. And I think that that's a, we're aligned, we're aligned in that area. And I think just, you know, leading by example is really difficult. So like I haven't, <laughs> and cause it I haven't, good. I haven't drank in, in a long time, like over a decade. I haven't drank wow. out at all. And so, oh. But my my social presence has been replaced by food, right? So now mm-hmm. instead of eating, I go out to, or instead of drinking, I go out to eat with people. Yep. And like as you know, like you can't have optimal healthy eating at a restaurant. Like you oh, can't. So tough, dude. Just, hey, step yeah. like literally, I get my food besides Korean barbecue. That's different, different right. stuff. <laughs> but I, I literally, as soon as I get it, I try and put about half of it to the side. Have you ever heard yeah. that? Like you eat oh, the portions yeah. you get are just, you know, and then eat it later. That's one thing I, I literally, when I get my food now, cause I used to be the opposite. Like when I was a kid, I'm like, if there's any leftovers, I get them, you know? And yeah. now I'm like, okay, I'm not, I don't care what it is. I'm not going to eat everything on my plate, which is the exact opposite of like, you know, what we were taught growing up, finish everything. Right. You know, where now I'm like, like I went to dinner last night with my parents and, uh, you know, the, I got carne asada steak and I literally, I like, I took half the steak and I put it to the side, took half of the other stuff, put it to the side. And I still digged into it a little bit, Yeah. but my mind was like, Oh, I'm going to eat this. Right. And then I just kind of ate a little bit of the stuff over there. So, you know, you got to figure out what tri- tricks and hacks you can like, I just try and trick myself. <laughs> this is literally what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, that's huge. And, and yeah, well, yeah. That's a big thing. And just like putting that into practice, yeah, just like, then, uh, practicing mindfulness, I think is another one that I'm, um, mm-hmm. really looking forward to. So, uh, I just finished a book called why Buddhism is real. And it was really interesting. Mm, it's, it's, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's good. So he, but he talks about like just having a mindful eating practice. And I've been hearing this a lot where you should just sit there and chew your food and, you should not have TV on and you shouldn't have your phone in front of you and just chew your food. And then pr- the part that uh, he got from the Buddhist monks that he was living with was that they will sit there with their eyes closed and chew their food because then it gives them uh, ma- maximum sensory input going into their brain about the food that they're eating so that they actually enjoy what they're doing instead of just fueling their body. Yeah. Right? So that's a, and so being mindful is what I'm really going to practice next year, I think, because I think that that would really just benefit me and everybody around me. Yeah. I'm in the same, and, and I'm going to try and kick the worrying habit because like you're saying so many times I sit down at lunchtime 
during a work day and I'm like, okay, I got to hurry up and eat because I got to be doing this. And I'm not thinking, I'm not being mindful about what I'm doing, being mindful about all this other stuff that doesn't matter. Oh, I got a patient coming in at one. Oh, I wonder if he got those labs in. I hope those labs are in. Man, he's an interesting case. This has been six weeks. His testosterone wasn't improved. And um, just to sit down and be like, hey, right now I'm eating lunch because, you know, microcosm, macrocosm, how you do anything, you do everything. And and then when I'm with one patient, I'm thinking, oh, what's this next patient? Oh, I hope the labs are done for that person. Oh, he's in this room. He's been waiting for 15 minutes. This guy won't stop talking, you know, instead yeah. of just being present, you know, it's tough. It is tough. And I think just like you said, the practice that never ends, right? And so, um, yeah, the worrying thing. That's another interesting thing that I've been really uh, hyper-focused on for the last couple of years, but I still fall off the path, just like everybody oh, else does, right? So I, one of my favorite quotes I heard from um, Aubrey Marcus, who owns Audit, and so he said that um, if you need it, then you're afraid of not getting it, then when you don't get it, you manifest that fear. So, um, you're going to have to play that back. Yeah. So when you need it, like you say, okay. then you're afraid of not getting it. Oh, yeah. Like I need to put on 15 pounds of mass. Right. Or I need to get three more clients in order yeah. to pay my bills or I need yeah. that. <laughs> but then when you don't get that, then you're actually manifesting that fear. Instead of oh, just yeah. having faith that you are doing the right things in order to get what you want. Mm, yeah, because I think that's a strong point because I'm a very hypercritical of myself. So if I need something and I don't get it, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Right. You know, then I go back and then I change things. And then I, that, that, that takes me away from commitment because right. I'm like, well, I, I was committed to eating this way and I'm trying to put on size, but then I'm not getting there. And it's like, okay, did I, should I be eating this or should I be eating that? Or you know, same thing with clients. Like, why aren't people right. coming to me? Well, actually yeah. I'm doing the right things. It's just, you know, so that's a good quote. I like that. Yeah. So that's building the size. That's changing tissues equals force over time. Right. So yeah. <laughs> eating the right way. And so yeah. uh, the, you eat the right way and then you, uh, put force into the tissues and then your tissues grow, but it takes time to do that. So then yeah. that's where I can't put on 10 muscles by our 10 pounds by the end of the year. <laughs> Probably not. So okay. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Probably five pounds. So that's a, that's something that uh, you learn through Navy SEALs is small obtainable goals. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when they're going through hell week, they're not like, Oh shit, I got to make it to the end of this week because this is really hard. They're like, well, I'm going to make it to breakfast because breakfast is cool and they have food there. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yeah, you know, like, and it's hard because you're, you're just doing like bodybuilding type stuff, right? Like bodybuilding. Well, I do a little bit. I, I kind of got away from that. I do a lot of, I've been working with Andy and doing some stuff. Okay. Ben's giving me some exercise. So a little more functional, but uh, I was, when I graduated high school, I was like two, 5 to 10 at my biggest I was about about that weight and I hit 169 this week nice. so I you know I like being lean yeah. but it's to the point where I, a lot of you know my identity or who I was was like you know I like you know I like feeling that a t-shirt pretty good totally. so now it's like I've been going this way this way and I'm like whoa time yeah. to go back you know right so right. and so because I'm the opposite so like I when I graduated high school, I weighed like 155 pounds. And that's because I was just riding a bike everywhere, anywhere and everywhere, riding a bike. Like, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just a normal bike. It was like a BMX bike. So I rode that thing all over town, like oh, wow. 50, 60 miles a day, like just all over. And then wow. I 
you know, started getting into the drinking, started getting into eating and didn't ride my bike as much. And then, uh, got married and then got divorced and then drank even more and then ate even worse and then got up to like 270 pounds. Wow. And that was no muscle whatsoever. And then, um, started MMA training and, uh, had my first cage fight at, I weighed 191 with all my clothes on. Wow. And then, um, after that first fight, I started, uh, training just jujitsu and then went from uh 191 well after my fight i kind of ballooned back up to 210 and then uh started training crossfit and jujitsu for competition and then went my first jujitsu tournament i was 178 wow and then my leanest and at the best shape i was ever in during crossfit was just 200 pounds even and um so now I'm probably about 15 to 20 pounds of muscle heavier than that, but I also got quite a bit of body fat on top of that. So I'm mm-hmm. 234 this morning, I think. Mm-hmm. So optimally, I'd like to get down to like two, 220 pounds, maybe 215. And yeah. It's just going to take a lot of discipline because it's taking me a lot of time to get this far. You know what I mean? So, but you've done it too. The, right. That's the great part about it. Like you've, you've been all over the map. So it's like, and I'm kind of, same place like i can remember putting on 10 pounds of muscle like it was nothing but now when i look at you know it's kind of like you go out and you run 10 miles and then when you're done you're like that was easy and then when you get up the next day you're like oh jesus 10 miles like well i've never run 10 miles so that doesn't even count me but like any yeah six i think i think the max i've run is like four or five yeah and um but it's kind of like you know i've done this before but again when that self-confident you know that self-doubt comes in the fear it's like you gotta gotta slay those dragons get out of here you know yeah and it's just the so like i said the hard part about is the discipline with food and then it's like the weight doesn't come off like it used to you know yeah. so like when i i would you know tighten it up train a little bit harder do a little bit more cardio and the weight would just come pouring off and now like before i met you i was um we did like the whole 30 diet just like super strict for 60 days and i lost probably 15 pounds you know what I mean? Yeah. But whereas normally I would have been like 25 pounds down by now. So that's like yeah. one of the things that I wanted to ask you about. Like, is that, um, a common side effect, side effect of not having enough testosterone or what's going Could on be. there? Yeah. And, and, and thyroid. And then, I mean, man, you know how metabolism is. There's so many compounding variables that happen right. as we age and the way we, eat, you know, insulin sensitivity is going to be going down as you get older. Um, because think about how insulin sensitive you were when you're working out four hours a day. So when you're eating that glucose goes in your blood vessels, the insulin's going to pop your muscles full of it. And so, you know, as we're aging, the insulin sensitivity goes down your testosterone. Yeah. Probably lower, um, thyroid hormone, probably on the lower end. Um, but I don't know. That's why, you know, I was like measuring them and just to yeah. kind of see where we're at. Um, do you do labs? Do you have some recent testosterone or thyroid? I, don't. Yeah. I mean, I've been measuring mine since I was 23. When I moved yeah. out to San Diego, I did just the baseline. So in your case, when you're like, hey, I remember my T4 was at one and then my testosterone was at 800 and I was doing this. And then when you remeasure, you're like, dude, my testosterone's 500 and my, my T4 is at a 0.75. So it's like my testosterone down, my thyroid's down. And then you can do things to, to you know, you can do things to tweak that. But to me, that's kind of the best way to kind of check in. 
um, past that, you know, it's just trial and error with diet. Yeah. You know, you take in some calories. How did your body do? Did you gain or lose weight? Um, and then too, you never know how your diets have changed, you know, where if you were more carb heavy then, more protein heavy then or whatever. So, yeah. but definitely testosterone being, having a lower testosterone actually decreases insulin sensitivity. Right. And that's why uh, testosterone helps prevent heart disease. It helps prevent um, diabetes and Alzheimer's because those are all like blood glucose regulation problems. Um, I've seen, I have a patient now, he's been in chronic kidney failure. I mean, his GFRs, I think it's under 30. I'd have to double check his labs, which is bad. And testosterone replacement it helps with the kidneys too. So he's been able to kind of starve off all the side effects that come with kidney disease, you know, basically nice. your, your filtering stuff. So, um, yeah, that IGF one goes down as we get older too, and you know, growth hormone. So, and more stress, you know, I was talking to who's, I was talking to one of my patients cause erectile dysfunction in my, yeah. my opinion is, is a real, a real mind problem more than anything. And, um, as we get older, we have more trauma in our life. We have more things that we just know can go wrong. Remember when you're, you're 18 and you're like, I'm going to like ride this skateboard behind this truck and hold on. Like you yeah. don't think like you don't know the negative consequences. And then as, as you know, at our age, I'm like, dude, I could fall off. I could have a brain aneurysm. I can do all these things. And so just having more things to worry about. That's what I think is one of the big contributors to men as they age and erectile dysfunction. It's just that finances, relationships, previous relationships, new relationships. We see that all the time. Guys are getting a new relationship and they get ED just because yeah. they're scared, they're stressed, trying to connect with someone. And then, um, finances, career, traffic, all these things, you know, stress, man, stress is just, well, killer. Just, and like, if you pay attention to, um, if you pay attention to the news, like the whole world's going to hell. Oh, all the time, man. I can't. And that my, my biggest problem is, you know, I'll be, I'll be 30 next year. So I, I, haven't, I haven't been on earth all that long. When you, when you take into consider a lot of things, I've read a lot of history we haven't had any like big wars or anything, but when I just look around, it's like, man, the economy, the housing market, political correctness, identity politics, you know, you know, Trump, Clinton, all these things. And I'm like, man, am I, I just, am I just not before I was just oblivious or are things worse? That's where I get, I, that, that level of analysis, trying to figure out how worried I should be about things. Right. How much should I stress? Right. Obviously I'm stressing too much. Right, because then the, the news is interesting because it only portrays shitty shit. There's yeah. never, like, and so that's why I don't pay attention to it as much as I probably should because I'm really focused on what I can control. I can't yeah. do shit about Donald Trump. I can't do yeah. anything about the war in Syria. I can't do yeah. anything about the, the, what's going on down at the border wall. I can't. But yeah. I can focus on making sure that my local government's solid. I can focus on making sure that my family life is solid. I can make sure yeah. that I'm treating my clientele the best that I can and I'm and giving them the best possible value that I can. And I can focus on giving people the best uh, time that they have while they're in the gym. I can mm -hmm. focus on all that stuff and make a difference just slightly over time you know what i mean but like everything else it's like what are we doing like you know so like the border wall thing like would we like if the, there's like seven thousand people trying to get across the border but like if we didn't have the news hyper focused on that would we even notice yeah or would we care people just dispersed into america like yeah 
And, you know, like I think, and these are all just my opinions and I've been talking about them a lot to a lot of different people, but like I think that if you're worried about these immigrants taking your job, then you're doing a shitty job. Because yeah. the reality is, is that they do a better job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and they'll take jo- and they'll take jobs we don't. Like, we have my hometown has three thousand people, yeah. and it's the biggest town in the county. And we have a Mexican restaurant in my town. And so you would think, you know, Southern Illinois, there might be some some racial stuff, but I'd say most of the people are happy when we have immigrants come all the way up here to work on the farm because people won't do that stuff anymore. You well, know, and so when these immigrants come in and they're they're hungry, you know. Yeah, it's this weird shit called hard work. Like, and people are just yeah. avoiding. Wait, what's that? And so, like. Yeah. You know, here there's, you know, there's like, there's roofing companies that hire Mexicans and they get that job done in like a day. But then, yeah, you go, yeah. But then you see all these other roofing companies with all these old fat white guys that take like three weeks and you're just like, so one of you is yeah. making more money and the other yeah. one of you is under the illusion that you're making more money. Mm-hmm. I'll let you figure out which one it is. And so it's, yeah. and like you said, there, there's, like down in Phoenix, there's people that don't want to do that shit. But then there's other people that work really hard and send a lot of that money back home. And they're living like a, yep. a meager, simple life here and sending as much money as they can back home so that their family can have a good life. And that's what they're doing here. And so it's mm-hmm. not like, I don't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? It's just all this shit that people like choose to get mad about. It drives me crazy. Like the whole like gender identity thing like figure out something else to be offended by because there's so much more stuff yeah like i 100 percent agree everyone just wants an excuse to like not be doing well right to be a victim and to be like oh yeah right and like i said i've been stuck in that victim mindset for the last couple months and i'm really starting to shake it but like you know get out of there you know what i mean get out of there (laughs) i know i'm trying and so you know, but like the stuff with like the, the political stuff just drives me crazy because there's mm-hmm. no conversations happening. There's only arguments. And so yep. it's just my side versus your side and I'm here to win. Yep. And then it's like one of those things where like you look at like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and it's like, like trying to figure out which piece of crap you want to put in your mouth. Yeah, it's like, you this is the mean? best we got here? Like, so, come on. Well, so that one, that piece of shit is mint flavored, and that one's lavender flavored, but they're yeah. both pieces of crap. So yeah. what do we do? You know, yeah. at least, and so I, and, you know, it, I think that people wanted to vote Donald Trump in because he's just different. Yeah, you know I, I think mean? so too. And so, well, and I think that's a big reflection of back to people don't want to take personal responsibility. Like so many people got pissed over the election. Look, I almost always vote. And the last one, I, I, I literally couldn't because yeah. I, I thought about it. And if I vote, I'm like, if I vote for Trump and he does something stupid, I felt, I felt like it was my fault. If I vote right. for Hillary and she does something stupid, then that was kind of my fault. So usually I'll vote libertarian, but I wouldn't even find a libertarian candidate I like this time around. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just so easy to be like, well, I'm going to elect Donald Trump and he's going to fix everything for me or whatever, you know, instead of like, you know, that shit don't really matter. There are no. some big scale things like you're saying, but it's like, what really matters is like, what's my diet? Like, how nice am I to my friends around me? How good am I at work? How am I helping people? So, right. Did I hold the door open for the lady behind me? Did I, yeah. did I tip the coffee barista and then 
make them laugh because they're having a crappy day. Like, do they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's the stuff that matters. Did I help that old lady across the street? Like, yeah. that's the stuff that you have control over. Like, the fact that people think that they have control over the government is laughable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, and, you know, the it's, a, it's how it's supposed to be, though. Right. Right. <laughs> government made for the people by the people, but yeah. Right. But then, anymore. And then it's all, it's like a, now it's become like a weird competition. And there's like this whole tribalism associated with that competition. And they're the people say what they feel as though they should say in order to win the election. That doesn't mean that's what they're going to do. They're just yeah, like Hillary, where's she been? She been at the girls club in America recently. Like she was during the election and no, no, because I don't, I don't know where Trump was. Trump, Trump was doing the same thing he was doing. He was right. a big business meeting the whole time. Which is why people voted him like, in, right? Because they, they know what he's doing and he said yeah. what he's doing and he yeah. doesn't really lie about it. You know it's really I mean? funny. The wall thing I find absolutely hilarious because it looks like he actually might do it. Like it was yeah. one of those things like, no way, you know? Right. It's nuts, man. But then they forget like about the Gulf of Mexico. Where yeah, I mean. like go, <laughs> like you can't build the wall on the ocean, you know? So yep. like, I don't know. It's just so, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to focus as much energy as I possibly can on what I'm doing and how I'm doing it because that's all that matters. And so, you know, like I said, the practicing mindfulness and leading by example is like the the best that I can do. And if I do a good job at that, then, and that encourages people to change their habits and optimize their life. then you know, I'm a success there. Yeah, let's do it. Change the world around us, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to continue that discussion of the uh, testosterone because I think that that's really important. And, um, and yeah, let's just kind of dive down that rabbit hole a little bit before we finish that up because that was a yeah. big part of that conversation that I was bummed out that we lost. Yeah, I, I mean. A lot of people need to have that information. And I think um, – you know, let's, so first I want to talk about like a lot of the symptoms because I think that there's a lot of um, males out there that are just kind of like, well, I guess I just am old and I'm just yeah. feel shitty, you know? So yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I will be the first person to tell you like, look, you do not need to feel whatever that way, you yeah. know, depressed, anxious, you know, uh, low libido, low energy, uh, low sex drive, you know, join all these things that we contribute to aging. A lot of those can be optimized by helping your, you know, you know, fix your testosterone. And, um, I mean, we see it from 20 year olds to 60 year olds. I had a guy who had rheumatoid arthritis in his seventies. Yeah. And I don't, I think they got the diagnosis wrong personally. It's some type of arthritis. Yeah. And uh, he got on testosterone replacement therapy and his arthritis went away. Same thing. Yeah. I had a guy with chronic back pain for like 10 years and we got him on testosterone more for his energy was down. The beta was down. Um, and the next week he came in, he's like, you know, I haven't noticed a whole lot with the libido and the energy, but he's like, does this work on muscle pain? And I'm like, it can because it, it testosterone works with your dopamine and your serotonin increasing all your happy hormones. And I don't know if you've heard, there's a theory about like fibromyalgia, that it's just low amounts of dopamine and serotonin. Um, so if you can increase your dopamine and serotonin, your happy hormones, you know, those are all neurotransmitters that make your muscles and your body talk. And if you're in a low amount of those, like you're just going to be aching everywhere. 
And, uh, but yeah, he came in, he's like, I've had back pain for 10 years, wakes me up in the middle of the night and I've tried everything and it's gone in the last week. He's like, I can't connect it to anything else. Um, so I've seen a lot of like, you know, really interesting things happen, but the main things I see in guys is, is like a form of anxiousness and depression is like, it's kind of a disconnect from the world. When you're 18 to 22, you just feel like you can take on the world. You know, it can do four hours of CrossFit a day and you feel good. You get this positive feedback. And as guys start to age, they go in the gym, they do a couple reps, and they just don't feel as good as about themselves. And I think a lot of that has to do with mindset, and a lot of it has to do with the world around you. But there is a biochemical process, in my opinion, of that. And it's like, if we can raise those levels up, guys feel better. And it is kind of treating a symptom. I'll be dead honest. But if you, if you can get you know, a spark that gets your fire going again and gets you in the right direction, it gives you the energy to do the things that you need to do as far as like getting your diet, right. Getting your sleep, right. Doing those things. Like I'm all for that to me. I'm as a doctor, I'm trying to meet people where they're at. And that's why I do different ways. I do lifestyle herbs and food. And then there's like stuff like Clomid and HCG, which help your body produce more testosterone. And then there's actually doing testosterone, which is like giving your body testosterone. And I mean, as soon as, you know, tw I've seen it 25, 30 years old, me included, my testosterone was in the low to mid four hundreds. And the reference range is 250 to uh, over 1,000. So you go to a regular medical doctor and your testosterone comes in at two, 260, let's say. He's like, you're normal. But a testosterone serum of 250 is someone that's 80. And someone who's 18 is going to be at 1,000. So when you're at, you know, like me, I am going to be 30 years old and I'm sitting at 400. Like I should be like seven, 800. And a lot of that comes from my stress of school. I've tried to do a lot of the herbs and the things that I know will help me. And those, those help for a while, but I am, I'm kind of like treating a symptom right now, but it's been phenomenal for me in the last couple of weeks. Just my energy has been better. My brain's been better and it's kickstarted me in the right direction and given me the motivation to do the things that I know I need to be doing. So, and I mean, I've just seen that with a lot of my patients, guys coming in with just their head in the ground, man, just like not feeling it, just feeling disconnected. And, uh, you know, the testosterone is that like alpha male hormone, that hormone's like, I'm in the game and I'm ready to kind of get at it. And we just see that as guys age, man, it just goes down the drain, you know, in a situation, you know, like you're talking about right now, like, you know, the cortisol is going to be high. You have something called the pregnenolone steel. So all of your hormones come from cholesterol and then it, and it forms into what's called pregnenolone. And then from pregnenolone, your body decides, okay. Am I going to create this into cortisol, the stress hormone, or am I going to create this into testosterone, the happy, let's build muscle hormone? And, you know, to me, I describe it like if your body's a city and you only have so much fuel like lumber, your body's not going to be building houses if you need to burn that lumber to make a fire to keep the, to keep the city warm. And we see that as guys age ex ex extreme stress. We see that under six to seven hours of sleep in one night can lower your serum testosterone by 100. Um, we see that having a high amount of sugar, like 40, 60 grams at one time can lower your testosterone instantly. And so if you do those things over a long period of time, the feedback in your body is just going to lower your testosterone. And then, you know, you don't get as much positive feedback as you did when you're younger. You know, as we're getting older, we become a, a wheel in the cog of society and just do what we're told. You know, people don't compliment you as much. They don't hold the door open for you. Uh, then you start eating the sugar to try and find that high to make you feel better. And, and you know, it just gets out of whack pretty quickly. So by adjusting that testosterone, just it kind of gets you like stable again for a second to kind of reach branch out and start and start doing those things that you need to do. So, uh, so interesting. So then, I also want to talk about like, do you know 
a whole lot about like the female hormones too, like estrogen and progesterone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. With women, what, what, yeah. And then this is again, not my, my complete area of expertise, but with women, what we see more is, so you have estrogen and progesterone and men have those as well. And men can get kind of lower on progesterone, but mostly what we see with men is their testosterone goes down with women. What we see is throughout their cycle, you know, a 28 regular day cycle, you have one half, it's mostly all estrogen, the first half of the cycle. And the second half of the cycle, you get um, a decent amount of progesterone with that. And what we see in women is that through unable to detox properly, stress through society, all these things, their amounts of estrogen build up. And estrogen is that hormone that makes them feel like they're, you know, it's the pregnant hormone. And it makes them feel a little more moody, increases the weight gain, and causes a lot of discomfort in a variety of ways. And they don't get as much progesterone. Progesterone is a hormone that really helps with balance, feeling better, um, relaxation, it helps you sleep. And there should be a proper amount of each. And what we see in women is that their estrogen just gets, they get dominant in that state. And a lot of times too, um, a lot of these plastics from the environment, like BPA, is a phytoestrogen, meaning that it's not an estrogen, but it acts on the estrogen receptor and makes your body think that it's estrogen. So you get the same effects of it. So I mean, yeah. Sense. Yeah. So, so with women, the main thing you want to get them doing is, is, is pooping and, and, and get their liver kind of cleaned out because your liver's in charge of getting rid of that. And with women, their hormones are going up and down all month. With men, it's a little right. steadier and it's more about like not producing enough testosterone. Right. So, so I have my whole whiteboard up here. I'll show you real quick. That I'm right. So it's uh, right there. So like all the different like the low progesterone, the high estrogen, the estrogen mm -hmm. dominance, the hypo and hyperthyroid, the adrenal dysfunction, liver dysfunction, all that kind of stuff is up on my board. Yep. So like when people are talking to me about their symptoms on the phone before they um, come in and make an appointment, I can look at my board and that's what I'm looking at is mm -hmm. while you're, you're uh, talking through all that stuff, like what all the symptoms are. And, and it's hard because they like you just adrenal dysfunction, thyroid dysfunction and progesterone deficiency would all, almost all show up pretty similar. You know, right. to me, the, at the end of the day, the main thing is that the sympathetic parasympathetic, are you in a state of fight or flight all day, every day? That's going to increase cortisol. It's going to increase dopamine and serotonin, which can be good, but those become overstimulating when your liver can't detox them. Right? right. Like that's when you want to talk about methylation. Your body creates these hormones and like epinephrine and dopamine, but part of your body has to break that down. And if you produce too much of it, that's going to lead to the anxiousness. And then if you're not producing enough progesterone, then your body's not going to be able to kind of, you know, calm that down. Right. And, it's, and the same end too, as a guy, if your testosterone's low and you get all like too much, too much norepinephrine, too much cortisol, your body's in the state of like, Oh no, I need to go hide in the corner. And that's right. when, again, that, you know, it's, 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 it's a chicken or the egg thing. Do the hormones get imbalanced and then you get anxiety or depression or do you get anxiety and depression and then your hormones get imbalanced? Right. So I don't know, but I'm like, I'm going to try and treat whatever I can, whatever way I can. Right. So then, uh, start like, so what I primarily focus on and one of the things that I get into if, uh, you know, I'm, people are coming into me and they're not getting the results that they're looking for. Then I start looking at their immune system. Mm -hmm. And then, so if their immune system is out of whack, so everybody either has a TH1 or a TH2. And so mm -hmm. if they become TH1 dominant or TH2 dominant, then their shit just hits the fan. And, mm -hmm. and so that's usually from, uh, from high stress, like 
and then the cortisol becomes catabolic and then it also leads to chronic inflammation and so the chronic inflammation is a, a lot of the symptoms are the same from the underlying causes like Epstein-Barr, um, candida overgrowth and and mm -hmm. leaky gut all kind of have the same symptoms that you're describing as well so like same, yeah same thing uh, right it's so, all start in the gut or where do you yeah and so anxiety depression brain fog um, migraines you know chronic tiredness um, uh, with insomnia like all this different stuff so then you got to kind of weave through all these similar symptoms to kind of figure out what the underlying cause is yep. and then help people out with that and so mm -hmm. it just seems like there's 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 so many different options to like get yeah people help and that's and that's where with most of my patients i'll start off with the hormonal end um specifically like you know i'll look at sex hormones thyroid um cortisol it kind of depends on the picture um but i like to start on the hormones because i just seen guys be in a shitty place and then you put them on some testosterone, some clomid, you, you, you help optimize that. And then they feel better. There's some yeah. positive feedback. You put someone on the detox and they get a Hirschenzheimer's reaction where like when you're TH1 or TH2 dominant, you get an immune response to Epstein-Barr, you kill off that Epstein-Barr or whatever kind of, you know, low grade, you know, infection you have going on, you're going to have byproducts in your bloodstream and that's going to block up your liver even more. Right. And so then they feel like more like shit. Kind of, we talked about that with the IV. Like if you're in a state of your body, his immune system has been low, you give it enough nutrients to do what it's supposed to do. It's going to go on a cascade and start killing all this bad stuff. And then your liver is going to get blocked up. And then that's going to mess with your neurotransmitters. Right. So that's where I usually kind of start with the hormones, move to the adrenal fatigue and then go gut. But a lot of people naturopathically like starting with the gut. I just like, I've seen too many people start doing things with their gut and make things worse for a little bit, which is kind of what you have to do. Right. Um, but at least if someone feels good for seeing me for a little bit, they're more likely to come back, you know? Right. And so, uh, let's unpack the IV thing a little bit. So that's, yeah. um, so we, uh, we came to San Diego for an education course and then that's how we found out about you is because a mutual friend, uh, Dr. Ben Ramos was, uh, getting a mayor's cocktail from you and, I talked to him for like five or 10 minutes. I was like, well, I'm freaking doing it. And my wife <laughs> yeah. is like, well, I'm doing it too. So um, one day after the course, we we met up with you and we got a uh, mayor's cocktail with like a glutathione push. And, yep. And, and there was also, we had, we had, you have a basic Myers, which is your B vitamins, uh, basically your multi-minerals, uh, vitamin C. And then in, in that specific cocktail, I put extra NAC. And I put extra taurine and quarantine in okay. there too. So yeah, some, then, definitely some immune boosters, energy boosters in there. Yeah. And then with that glutathione, man, like I felt like $80 million and like I was just going to walk through every wall that was in front of me and my yeah. wife did not feel that way. And yep. so, you know, so what you're saying is, is that my wife needed all of that a lot more than I did. So then her liver was like, Oh shit, the reinforcements are here. We're getting to yeah. work. And then she felt yep. bad because of that. Whereas I, or just, yeah, yeah. I, I would say, imagine that your liver, you know, at the bottom of it is kind of like a drain and you have three, yeah. you have phases, you have phases of detox in your liver and everyone breaks down certain things faster or slower. Um, like in the Asian population, when they're breaking down alcohol, um, they have less of an enzyme that turns it into, I think, acetaldehyde and that can cause them to flush. So their phase one is fine. Their phase two is slower. And what happens is because phase one is faster, 
it builds up all of this gunk and then it sends it to phase two and phase two is like, well, I can't, I can't handle this right now. So in your case, you may really like glutathione. It kind of came in and cleaned your pipes out where with your wife, girlfriend, wife, yeah. girlfriend, wife. Okay. So wife. with her, you know, she may have like the glutathione may have like stacked things up too quickly and her body's like, whoa, we're, we're getting rid of this stuff too quick. Um, and, and also too, it could have given her the vitamins and minerals she needed to um, increase her immune reaction to maybe something that, that was laying dormant or laying kind of a lower level in her. So it's really strange how that works with most people. And it's, it is, it's really, it's individualized, but she was feeling better the next day or. Yeah, she was feeling great the next day. And I felt great for probably about a week after that. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, you start getting into, you get into SNPs, like your body codes for certain enzymes. Like you have tyrosine and you take tyrosine, you, you create that into dopamine, right? Tyrosine is amino acid. And you take all these vitamins like vitamins, um, you know, vitamin C, uh, B12, and basically what it does is it transforms it. But also there's enzymes that are in charge of deciding how fast that goes. And for some people, um, one enzyme might be slower than the other. Like I have an MTHR defect. And so, you know, probably what would happen is that I can create neurotransmitters faster than I can break them down. So it would lead me to be more on the anxious side than on the depressed side. But there's so many other things to take into consideration. Um, COMT is another enzyme that breaks down these, these neurotransmitters. So it's, we're really starting to figure out a lot about that, but I still think that we're pretty far away. And one thing I don't like though, is looking at someone's SNPs and then telling them there's something wrong with them. That's something that's becoming popular. Oh, you have MTHFR. You're probably anxious. I'm like, yeah, there's times where I'm anxious, but I don't, it's not like a diagnosis. Right. (laughs) You're not. People get that way. Right. And you're not anxious because of the MT, the, MTHR, yeah. you're anxious yeah. because shit got you anxious. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's that possibility also. Yeah. You know, because uh, so um, Dr. David George, he is one of the instructors for functional neuroorthopedic rehabilitation. Oh, okay. And he was talking about the benefits of meditation. And so mm-hmm. he's talking about um, the main benefit of meditation is that it brings you into the present moment. Because if you're thinking too far into the future, then that's anxiety because you can't control the future, right? You can only control what you're doing right now. And if you think too far in the past, then that's depression. And so there's, um, when you're doing mindfulness meditation and you're breathing, then there's, you know, this, this change that happens in your limbic system that changes your physiology because then you're no longer focused on the future or focused on the past that is causing you problems. And so that's what um, I kind of have this campaign to get people to just have a breathing practice multiple times a day. And so, like, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I talk about how, you know, cigarette smokers have the perfect breathing practice minus the cancer stuff, right? So every time you're like, every time they get stressed or or anxious or angry or upset, Mm -hmm. they go outside and they take big, deep breaths for 10 minutes. Yeah. And so if you eliminate <laughs> the cigarette from that equation, yeah. that's like the perfect breathing practice, right? And then yep. so you're practicing mindfulness for 10 minutes every hour. But like for some reason, that's unacceptable for people that don't smoke. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, so it's just, you know, that goes back to what we've been talking about this whole time, just practicing mindfulness, you know? Yep. Like sitting there and eating your food and that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
eating your food with your mind with your eyes closed so you can get the full sensory information of how good that food actually tastes because right. you know, i'm a uh, you know built like a bridge troll and i fucking eat a lot and my wife is like did you even taste that and i'm like kind of yeah kind of wait did i just did i just eat <laughs> are you gonna eat that that's what the real yeah. question is so yeah. <laughs> um you know just really just practicing that i think it's going to be and it's going to be practice and you're going to so the my new definition of practice is, is doing something over and over again with no finish line you know what i mean yep. and so you just have to do it for the rest of your life and so yeah. i think that's what a lot of people are, are you know going back to mindset that's what a lot of people are having problems with is like wrapping their head around doing something indefinitely because they just so you know i think we we talked about this a little bit last time too like you know you don't just work your way up to a really high deadlift and then just be done deadlifting yeah like you have to keep doing it forever yeah, you lose, yeah. until you can no longer do it you know what i mean so i think when people um i think a lot of people use the excuse well i'm too old for that to just not do stuff yep. and i think that's really detrimental to their health and that really starts to starts to get to them mentally because then you know that that's another thing that um mindset affects is your body like so if you mm -hmm. keep telling your body that it's shitty it's going to act accordingly right yeah so like and i think it's weird so we're kind of going back to all of this stuff that's like considered woo woo right yep like be nice to yourself and talk nice to yourself because mm -hmm. if you tell yourself that you're a piece of shit and you tell yourself that you're a retard or you tell yourself that you're an idiot or you tell yourself that you're not strong or you tell yourself that you're not capable, then you're right. You know what I mean? But like, if you do the opposite, then that is also true. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so like, so like my cure for laziness is just do stuff. Right. And yep. people like that, people can't really like wrap their heads around that. You know what I mean? Like people, like my wife especially is like, how do you just do stuff? And I'm like, well, I start doing it. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're in the midst of doing that thing and then you need to finish it. You know what yep. I mean? That's just laziness, man. It's right. tough to overcome, man. Inertia, you gotta get going. But like you said, once you're in there and once you're doing it, it's like, oh, gotta finish it, so. Right, and so, and some days I think it's completely necessary to be lazy. And yep. so then the, the other, the ironic part of that is that you beat yourself up. Yep. Because you're like, oh my God, I didn't accomplish anything today. Cool. So you had a rest day. Good job. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, and, and I think that the mindfulness practice is huge because my wife is a CVICU nurse and she gets crushed. Oh, I just. And she worked like two or three days in a row for, mm -hmm. you know, 12 and a half to 13 and a half hours and then be like, I didn't do anything today. I'm like, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just work like half your, like, are you crazy? And your job's yeah. not easy. You yeah. know, like, so your body. You did enough work. Yeah. Your body did enough recovery. work for like two weeks already. All right. So, like, right. Yeah. So, chill out. Like, you yeah. need it. Like, lay on the couch all day. It's fine. Like, mm -hmm. I guarantee that the house still needs to be clean tomorrow. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, we'll figure yeah. it out. Like, we will. Yeah end up doing laundry we'll keep doing this adult stuff indefinitely like but yep. you should have days where you rest up but then you should also 
and have days where you just do stuff, you know, and get it done. Yeah, it's the bottom line. So like, I have a friend who is he works at Coors and he's been on night shift for like seven years, oh, and, man. which is terrible. He has low testosterone. I guarantee it. Send him yeah, my way. Absolutely. Guarantee it. Night shift's terrible, dude, for yeah. testosterone. Yeah, and so I think that's we uh, determined that that's why you know my wife was so screwed up for a while because she was on night shift for a long time too, because that's yep. like how you earn your way to day shift is by completing night shift, right? And so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he, there's days where he doesn't hardly get any sleep because his kids still go to school and his kids still need to go to rugby practice and his daughter still needs to go to gymnastics and he still needs to do, like, all these parent functions that happen during the day. So, like, he gets off of work and goes to the um, – well, we'll clear it up here in a second – and, and um, you know, goes to the kid's school and brings a breakfast and – goes to that parent function, goes home and sleeps for a couple hours, picks him up, and wow. then takes him some to rugby, and then takes some to gymnastics, and then goes home and makes dinner, and then the wife comes home. And how do you do that? And he's like, I just do it. Like, it has yeah. to be done. You yeah. Know what I mean? And so, yeah. just do stuff. That's nuts, man. Motivation. Yeah, and that's where, again, you listen to Goggins, like, I'm on mile 75, I'm pooping, pissing blood, <laughs> like, I'm going to do another 25 miles. You know, that's when it is kind of like, okay, if that guy can do that, like, I can go run two miles today. <laughs> right, know? right. So, yeah. you know, if he can run 100 miles on broken feet, peeing blood, like, yeah, I could probably go lift some weight. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I could probably go grocery shopping. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I get into that with one of my friends all the time. You know, you're complaining, like, I got to go to the grocery store. Heaven forbid, you know, it's not Navy SEAL training. You know, like, you're going to the grocery store. It's probably, you're probably going to survive. Right. Know? It's annoying, 100%. But so it's like getting gas. Yeah which is also stuff because you know, what's more annoying is running out of gas. Yep. <laughs> Go get gas. Yep. Yep. All right, brother. Exactly. We've been crushing this for 90 minutes, man. So <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. All but, right. You know, that's what we get for being friends is we can call each other whenever we want. Yeah. I love right, it, man. Bro. I love it. We can yeah, call it a day. Yeah. You got anything to add to that? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, man, be mindful. Yeah, and then right uh, if if people want to find me, I'm on Instagram and Dr. Michael Moeller, and um, yeah, well, let's do it again too. sometime, dude. And yeah, yeah DrMichaelMoeller.com. My S- my SEO sucks, so it's almost easier to find me on Instagram. Perfect. So, but uh, yeah, man, let's do it again sometime. All right. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Happy holidays. Yeah, thank you so Bye. much for your time. All right, see you.